This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number eight for the question. <laughs> is that the third time we've screwed it up now? <laughs> well, the calendar. December 11th. The calendar on my computer didn't open up in time. Oh, I see. Episode number eight for December 11th, 2005. I think I'll leave that whole thing in the opening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for downloading episode eight. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Josh (laughs) DeLioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And I am Katie Cartier, also known as Rainbow Bright. And the topic of today's Masters cast is the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special that was released on DVD in many parts of the world, including the United States, Australia, and the United Kingdom. And Canada. Let's not leave the Canucks out of this. We love Canada. We would never not include Canada in our festivities. There you go. So first impressions right out of the box, before we get into the DVD content, I assume everyone here remembers watching the Christmas special as a child? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, I saw it a bit late. I didn't see it until the late 80s, 89 or 90 for the first time. So I saw it on the USA Network back when we still had the good old Cartoon Express. I don't vividly remember. Remember watching it, but watching it now, you know, some little scenes of it just look familiar, so I'm sure I saw it at some point back then. All right, on to the DVD. Well, I picked this up at Best Buy. They had a nice little stack of them, so I got one, and it looks totally radical. It's just like the the other DVDs we've gotten from BCI. It's got the embossing, you know, on the front of He-Man and She-Ra. Uh, it's got several characters in the back that are in the background that are not embossed, um, but the colors are very vivid. It uh, says a Christmas special. You know, they're all standing in front of a Christmas tree, and it definitely does say He-Man and She-Ra. Um, do you want me to name off the characters that are on it? This sure. Really cool. Uh, on the Masters side, we've got Skeletor and Orko. Hmm, most of these are She-Ra characters. That's cool. Um, I see Glimmer, Bo, Cowl, Madame Raz, Broom. Who's that green guy? There's some green guy in the it's, background. It's um, a, probably a Twiggit. No, there there is a Twiggit down below with the kids from Earth. Is there's it? a big woolly green guy. That would be Mossman. Besides Skeletor. Yeah, Mossman. It doesn't look work. like... Uh, I must be forgetting what Mossman looks like. But yes, that must be him. And that looks like, I think Fisto's in the, yeah, yeah Fisto's in the background behind Bo. Oh, and there's Loki looking <laughs> out from behind the Christmas tree. Um, and on the back, we've got Snout Spout putting the star on top of the tree with his trunk, which is very cute. Uh, there's a few scenes from the actual, uh, from the special on the back, as well as a synopsis and a listing of the special features. Then inside the box, the fold-out, Again, it is really cool. Uh, just like the other DVDs, it's got a, a scene, you know, like the, the snowy Eternian scene behind where the DVD sits. And then it's got three 
images, uh, you know, very high quality images, just like in the other DVDs we've got. Uh, one of them is Prince Adam dressed as, gosh, why did that just leave my mind? <laughs> Prince Adam dressed as Santa Claus. Uh, we've got a great He-Man and She-Ra shot standing beside each other. And then She-Ra with the Manchin puppy, which is like my favorite character, of course, in this. So that's a very cute shot. And then there's the, uh, what do you call this? The paper thing inside that a pamphlet. More, yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, my vocabulary is limited this morning. Um, yes, we have a pamphlet telling more about the actual episode as well as the special features. What's going to be on there? Got, got some more scenes from the special, and then there are the art cards. Uh, let me see what order these are in. Okay, yeah, the one from Phil. I believe it's Jimenez is first. It's number five of 16. It features She-Ra as like the centerpiece of the image uh, in a very powerful stance holding the sword above her head. It's got uh, several characters on both sides and beneath her. We've got, let's see, above there's He-Man and Skeletor. Then we've got Castle Grayskull in the back of He-Man and Hordak, the man, uh, in the back <laughs> of Skeletor. We've yeah, got... I was glad they at least, you know, included Hordak a little bit. Yeah, whenever I saw him, I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Orko and Cowl down below, as well as Bo, Man-at-Arms, Tila, Fisto, Swiftwind. Oh, I guess it's Spirit on one side and Swiftwind on yeah, the Yeah, like kind of mimicking the transformation transformation very cool very cool so yeah i like this one um she looks a little manly in some yeah she's sense. a bit too muscular for my taste like she yeah. was never she was never she hulk exactly she was always still pretty and yeah you know like you, you didn't see like rippling muscles coming out of her you know right <laughs> and the look on he-man's face i don't know it's like Almost devious in his eyes. There's something there that doesn't look he-manish to me, <laughs> but maybe I'm just making things up. Yeah, my sister, my sister mentioned that on that particular art card that uh, she thought he-man looked a bit demonic. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I'm not the only one that saw that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the first thing she said when she pulled it out. Was, oh my God, what's wrong with he-man? <laughs> Yeah, this looks like he's up to something. Like, I don't know. Him and Skeletor are standing a bit too close for my liking. <laughs> but the other art card is by David Mack, number six of 16. And it features Shira, He-Man, and Skeletor. And it's, what would you call this? Um, like watercolors? Yeah. The, um, yeah, Shira is the most in focus of the three characters and I really like the way uh the way she's portrayed her face it's different from the cartoon but I like it mm -hmm. um and He-Man in the background just kind of looking off to the side and then the big Skeletor skull face very scary <laughs> but yeah I like I like them both I think they both did a good job I'm glad they they put She-Ra in focus on these since she is in the Christmas special and we're not getting She-Ra DVDs as of yet for her good series point. so I'm glad She-Ra was the focus uh, of those. Mm -hmm. and, and she's also standing on the cover. To me, she's in the more, you know, predominant position than He-Man is because she's on the left and we read from left to right. True. So 
you know, they're both in the center, but Shira's on the left, so you see her first. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get into the actual Christmas special itself, I think we should go into the uh, special features that are on the DVD, and we have two documentaries that go along with the documentary series that are on the other He-Man DVD releases. And we also have a special feature. They were able to include the I Have the Power music video, which is actually the theme song to the Secret of the Sword movie and has nothing to do with the Christmas special. (laughs) I'm still glad to see it on there. And then we also get the script, which is really not a complete script of the Christmas special in PDF format. That's uh, more like it just has the character's name and what line they're saying. Hmm. But um, you get character profiles and Orko's fun facts. But to start off on the documentary, I believe I saw someone uh, in the in the first documentary that I might have known. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he looked a little bit familiar. Yeah, and his Who's voice. Have been? His voice. It's like I've I've heard it on a podcast or something. <laughs> who could that have been, Josh? Would you know who that was? And then his microphone that cuts out. <laughs> I have no idea. Who was it, Chatter? I think it was our own resident celebrity, Josh DeLioncourt. That's who I think it was. Well, yes, I will, did appear on this uh, DVD. They interviewed me for the documentary series on the DVDs back uh, last March. And this is my first appearance. I appeared twice in the documentary on that uh, focuses on the Christmas special and the moral segments at the end of the episodes real quick for the people listening before we talk about the actual documentary could you give us a little insight into the experience of being interviewed for the dvds well it was extremely uh, nerve-wracking <laughs> <laughs> not uh, i'm you know i'm not one to be in front of a camera very often in general but um but it was a lot of fun everyone uh, who was working on the uh, interviews was fantastic um I've got some of my collection behind me in the shots um, up on the shelves. We uh, filmed it um, back last March, and uh, it was a real great experience. And hopefully uh, more of my interview will will wind up on some of the uh, future releases as well. We we definitely hope to see you on future releases because... Thanks, it was fun. It's always good to see that... um... You know, sure you have you have all the creators, but then you also have some fans in there too, because uh, there are other fans that that are interviewed in there um, that we've already seen in some of the documentaries. So I think it's great that we're getting you know a wide variety of people uh, to put in their opinions. I mean, not only do you have the creators, you have fans, you have writers, you have animators, you have storyboard artists. It's like everyone and everything that can be included in these documentaries are included. So I think that's that that's just great. Yeah, they did a great job. Um putting the documentary series together so far. All right. The first documentary was on the holidays and morals of He-Man. And they really first started the talk off about talking about She-Ra since they're allowed to talk about She-Ra in this documentary since She-Ra is on the DVD and all. So that was nice. A lot of them were commenting on how, you know, She-Ra was brought into the picture, such as Larry Dottilio talking about how he kind of, you know, beefed up the series, the, you know, basic storyline of She-Ra and all that stuff. So that was great. And then, you know, it just went on to focus on, you know, the morals and how how a lot of people may think that, you know, He-Man was just a 30-minute cartoon with no value at all and was just an action-packed thing where there's people killing people. And people that had that opinion definitely just didn't watch the show. 
this uh, I liked how they mentioned that this wasn't a cartoon in which a moral was just tagged on at the end. Like, remember to brush your teeth before you go to bed. Like a lot of 80s <laughs> cartoons did. Yeah. He-Man, the actual story, had a moral basis in which they would base the moral tag at the end on. And the interview... Go ahead. Oh no, we lost him. We apologize for having technical difficulties this morning while recording. Our internet connections (laughs) are are having a little trouble um, conversing with each other and... Lion Cord is having some trouble with his microphone cord. <laughs> this episode is cursed. Uh, aha! There you are. There I am. <laughs> I've totally forgotten what I was going to say now. But <laughs> we were talking about the morals. Uh, they also interviewed uh, Arthur Nadell, who was uh, Erica Scheimer's professor in college and who was sort of responsible for helping them work out what the morals should be. What work out what the moral should be for each episode, and that was kind of uh, interesting to hear his take and how he got involved in the series. Katie, do you have any thoughts? Um, I liked the point that they made regarding, like you were saying, that they put the moral in the story as opposed to only tacking it on at the end, because they said by that point, when the episode is over, and the child knows this moral is coming, a lot of times they may just tune it out. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they actually incorporated it into the episode. So it's something they learn without even knowing that they're learning something. And the professor that Josh mentioned, uh, I thought he was really cool. And he was so, you know, so pleased that he got to be a part of this. And still to this day has his office, it sounded like, decorated with He-Man stuff. And he still has students, you know, in their early 20s that still remember He-Man. And he's very proud, obviously, of his work on the series, as well as everyone in these interviews. I I heard this over and over. They're saying they were so proud that they were a part of this, so Mm -hmm. proud of it. And... I'm proud of it too. I know I'm <laughs> I'm so proud of them for for sticking with it like they have and it's just a wonderful series. These documentaries are really really well done. I think everybody should watch them. I totally totally agree on you with that point. The second documentary is the characters, the heroes and villains of of He-Man and I have to say I was I was a bit bored with this one just because I already know the heroes and villains of He-Man, but it's good for for the casual fan that is is picking up the series. It was also good hearing their take on the characters since they worked with them so... Very good point. ...so much. Um, as well as it was funny listening to some of the creators talking about having crushes on different characters. <laughs> you know, some of the males having crushes on Tila and some of the females having a crush on He-Man. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but of course, I had a crush on them too, so I can't judge. No, I, I never had a crush on a cartoon character. No. Oh, no, never. <laughs> never. Adora is real. <laughs> Cartoon, what are you talking about? <laughs> Documentary. Uh, yeah, like uh, like Shadow said, it was really, um, really a good documentary, especially for the casual fans, for those of us who are totally obsessed and know everything. Uh, you know, it was probably, uh, it was a little bit, a little bit dull, but great, great for the casual fans. And this was a great, uh, DVD choice for that particular documentary because a lot of casual fans will be picking up the Christmas special much more so I think than, than the season sets. 
Very true. The the, the cheaper releases, Christmas special, if the Secret of the Sword is released, uh, the best of He-Man, you know, those are good for casual people. Not a lot of people will actually pick up a season set. You know, they won't dedicate that the thirty to forty dollars for a show they just sort of remember. Right, and hopefully, if the casual fan does pick up this Christmas special and watches these documentaries, they will. Um, Watch the documentary, remember more about the shows, and then go out and get the season sets as well. Something I, I did notice, I don't know if it was in the character one or the morals and and holidays one, whereas I know they did mention She-Ra, a lot of people mentioned She-Ra's name, but at one point perhaps they weren't allowed to mention She-Ra's name because if, I don't know if you noticed, but on a few of the interviews of people, they would say, yes, we had, you know, we integrated the morals into the, to the show and even, you know, more so in the other series like they would reference shira but they would not say shira hmm. i don't know if I anyone noticed that. Up on that so I, I don't know it's just one of those weird things i picked up so i didn't know if like at some point they weren't allowed to mention shira's name but <laughs> just, just, yeah, a, no. just, just a little thing i picked up i i know when i did my um interview there at, at least by that point they'd already been filming for a while as far as i know um, and there was no restrictions put on me. I mentioned Shira several times throughout my interview as well, and uh, particularly about the fact that I don't really differentiate between Masters and Shira. For I think for I think for most fans, uh, they're all sort of one large property and not really divided. Oh, I agree. I I never, even as a child, I even though they had separate toy lines, separate shows. You know, He Man was you know oftentimes a guest star on Shira. There's just no way to pull them apart. I understand that He-Man can exist before she was brought into the picture. But, you know, well, Batman can exist before Batgirl. Batman can exist before Robin. You know, but they're still a part right. of the entire thing. So I, I have always seen Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, as one huge, massive, you know, property. Which the Christmas... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, which the Chris, things like the Christmas special really illustrate because... You're on Eternia, you're on Etheria, you have Princess of Power characters, you have Masters of Universe characters interacting, you know, etc. So, Filmation, yeah, Filmation did it very seamlessly. Just flowed. But now, go ahead, <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, on the second documentary about the characters, mm-hmm. one of the female storyboard artists had the nerve to say that she hated Orko. <laughs> and compared him to this stupid little robot on Buck Rogers that goes all the time. I was very offended. <laughs> was, was that the storyboard uh, female artist that like she kind of was cracking jokes too? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't care for her in- interview. There was something else I didn't like about hers. So I guess it was something you know she wasn't saying very positive about the series or something yeah, she, like that. And I was like, oh, go away. Never... <laughs> exactly. I know. Um... How dare she? <laughs> I remember uh, getting a kick out of at the, well, this is not really related to the Christmas special, but at the Comic-Con, um, when they did the panel with Lou Scheimer, he mentions that Orko is his favorite character mm-hmm. because he was the cheapest to animate. <laughs> and, uh, that, was, that was a fun uh, little insight there. Oh, one thing that was, that was mentioned is um, they said that, you know, Orko was originally named Gorpo, which he is in the, in the series Bible. But um, Robbie London said that he named the character Gorpo. So does this mean that perhaps the character existed before the series Bible? That's one thing that popped up into my head. 
Yeah, I have a feeling, and there's no way of knowing, but based on the material that we have and what we know about the creation of the series and things, I think a lot of the the basic concepts and characters and so on and so forth had been developed for the series long before Michael Halbrin actually sat down to write the series Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the series Bible that we've got online is dated uh, December of 1982, and uh, a a very a lot of the the material that was created for in the series Bible, uh, such as uh, Queen Marlena and uh, being from Earth and things like that, appear six months earlier in the DC comic series mm-hmm. um, that came out in uh, mid to late 1982. July uh, 82, I think, is when the first issue of that came out so that's something um i think a lot of the the concepts and characters had been already worked out worked out before uh michael halberd came on the scene all right now the next we have a little mini documentary if you will a little featurette on the secret of the sword theme song which has nothing to do with the christmas special but i'm not complaining i'm glad it's on the dvd and basically it's an interview with erica scheimer who wrote the song and she sings the she-ra portion of the song and she just goes you know basically into the, the recording process of the song who she recorded with how it you know it came about and then they show the the music video that was previously unreleased technically it was previously unreleased um on video to the public etc i was just saying that i really liked erica's personality it comes across very strong on these documentaries and she's just hilarious i think she'd be a fun person to hang out with she was she was very nice at the comic con i mean nicer than you could imagine so her personality definitely shines through. And she mentioned she was putting out and yeah, and she mentioned she was in some kind of singing group. Um, I yeah, believe, she um, said putting she's, out an album soon. Yes, they they were they're called Odd Squared, and I did find their website. What I believe is their website, but they don't have anything up there yet. It says coming early two thousand six. So we'll definitely have to to look for that. Totally. But it's uh, her and another uh, another girl. So it's a duo group, I guess. Cool. Which makes an odd squared two people. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. But we will look forward to that, Erica. We will support you in any way we can. So I'd yeah, rather both not. Erica and, oh, go and ahead. Lou have been both Erica and Lou have been uh, excellent in the interviews on the the DVDs and at, at the Comic Con yeah. as well. I mean, you couldn't ask for two nicer people that were you know just so nice, and they just sat there and talked with the fans, just like you know we were one of them, and it was it was just great. Awesome. All right, now on to what you've all been waiting for, the Christmas special itself, written by two people, one arguably one of the best writers in He-Man who wrote, you know, The Problem with Power, everyone's godly temple episode of power. <laughs> and then you got one that's not a, such a great writer. So you got, you got, you got the, the, the best and the bad meshed together to form the most powerful Christmas special in the universe. <laughs> Tell me, tell me, my friends, how did they do? Wonderful. Wonderful. Josh, if you could describe well, the Christmas special in a few words. <laughs> Rainbow Bright says, I've... wonderful. What <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the Christmas special. I, I really enjoy the Christmas special. It is, without a doubt, one of the goofiest episodes of either seri- of any series from, that's <laughs> been spawned from Masters which I think I, I mentioned in the documentary as well. Um, 
it's a fun episode. It's kind of uh, it's kind of silly. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but you can't help but enjoy it. And uh, it was well done. It was well done. Yeah, I mean, and it's got a puppy in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like move over, Orko. The Manchine puppy is taking your screen time. <laughs> and we thing, didn't get Loki at all. I don't think in this episode, did we? Uh, well, he's in the big uh, scene at the beginning um, when. All the Ethereum people are at the Eternian Palace helping to decorate. But you just you just see him. He doesn't get to speak. So I know you're Aww. happy because Josh didn't get to find Lookie. So I think that's why he doesn't <laughs> like Lookie. But uh, believe me, he wasn't that hard to spot. So it wasn't that challenging as a, for a child. But I don't know. Well, sometimes when his tail was just, you know, popping out there. But... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent now. So we will <laughs> we will get back to the, the point at hand. One thing I wanted to mention, we get new characters. Well, new toys, the Monstroids, even though only one Monstroid toy uh, was released in the Masters of the Universe toy line. But we have Monstroids. But we get the, the little Manchine people, which I don't know if these were ever planned as a toy, but I wish they were because I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. I thought they would have been fun toys. Now, the Monstroid, was mm-hmm. it actually transformable like in the... In the episode? No, it's more of a a wind-up kind of toy. Yeah, you wind it up and it, and it spins, spins around spins and swings around. characters by its claws, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. It was kind of an odd toy, actually. I, I liked it. I don't know about you. but It uh, didn't do enough for me. Compared uh, to all the other Masters toys, it didn't seem like it really did very much. True, and plus it required batteries. You know? No, yeah. it? no it didn't require batteries. You mean we just wound it up? Yeah. I thought it had batteries. I could no. have sworn I have batteries in mine. Nope. All right, no well, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> okay. I've um, still got mine somewhere. Don't know where it is, but I got it. One thing I like about the Christmas special that Lou Scheimer points out in the, I, I guess, the morals documentary. So I don't think they talked about Hordak in the characters one. But, um, yeah. It just shows the Christmas special is one of those, you know, vindication pieces of animation that shows that Hordak is truly the evil master of the universe in this whole entire series. Because does the Christmas spirit get to Hordak? No. <laughs> does the Christmas spirit get to Skeletor, the old softy? Yes. <laughs> Therefore, in the battle between Hordak and Skeletor, Hordak remains victorious in the evil category. <laughs> You know, they just the Christmas special gives Randor hope that he can turn his brother back <laughs> to good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Skeletor is still the ultimate <laughs> villain of all time. Okay, claws he likes puppies. to puppies. He's cool. Do you know, I always uh, say that claws to paws line just in my normal day speech. It'll just flow out. I'll just say it for no reason. When after claws to paws? yes, whenever um, He Man is fighting the Collector, the ship of Skeletor, and mm-hmm. he cuts the claws off of it, he says "claws to paws." <laughs> I just love that line. I wonder which which one of the writers wrote that line. Mm. I have to thank them for it. And later, it was Adam to claws. What? <laughs> You've lost me, Josh. <laughs> Adam usually turns into He-Man. In this particular episode, he turns into Santa Claus. Oh. Adam to Claus. <laughs> which was an incredibly lame joke. 
<laughs> but there it was. Well, wait, I think we should give a general plot line here real quick at the Christmas special. What happens is Orko's, you know, being Orko, goes into Man-at-Arms' new ship, the Sky Spy, and he hits buttons and he accidentally goes through space and he ends up on Earth. He meets two Earth children. Meanwhile, on Eternia, they're trying to figure out how to get him back. So Shira goes to Etheria to get this water crystal, which is the only thing that can power this machine that Man-at-Arms has, which I ask you, Man-at-Arms, why do you build a machine in which there are no things on Eternia to power it with? <laughs> so Shira goes to Etheria and with the help of Mermista gets this carrium water crystal, I believe it's called. Yay, Mermista, yeah. one of my favorite characters. Beautifully voiced by Melindy Britt. That's right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so then she comes back, gives the water crystal. Man-at-Arms like, I hope Orko remembers to stand in the light. So they, him and the little Earth children stand in the light. And, uh, well, I guess I should have, did I mention Orko meets two Earth children? But So yes, they, you, they, they come right. to Eternia and Horde Prime, who was kind of underused in the She-Ra series. And we really never understood the whole you know, the whole Horde Prime thing. I'd rather Hordak just be in charge. That's my personal opinion. But, uh, you know... Uh, Hordak, to me, was sort of the Darth Vader, Vader character. Yeah. And Horde Prime was, was more like the, the Emperor. Emperor. Yeah, even though we never got to see, really, Horde Prime, except this huge robotic hand. I think it would have been cool if he kind of looked like the Emperor. Next time, Gadget. <laughs> Next time. Yes, he did sound like Dr. Claw. <laughs> Who we only see his hand as well. Oh. Yes, but 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 you did make another parallel. I mean, he kind of sounds like Doctor Claus. Well, yeah, he, he kind of does. That I mean, not as much, but that deeper raspy and like, yeah. oh, I yeah. hate the Christmas spirit. Um, but yeah, Horde or Horde Prime, excuse me, is so ticked off that this you know goodwill Christmas spirit is now on Eternia that he sends Skeletor and Hordak off to you know get it. And Skeletor and Hordak are making fun of each other, and then. Skeletor ends up with the kids and the kids and this, you know, little puppy and Skeletor gets all soft. Boo-hoo. Hordak <laughs> tries to, you know, Hordak tries to get the children to Horde Prime's ship, but uh, Skeletor destroys the ship and, you know, he's all happy. Then we go to the Christmas party at the Eternian Palace and Prince Adam is dressed up as Santa Claus, but that doesn't fool Adora because she was a former force captain and is trained. You know, to, <laughs> To figure out these sort of disguises. And uh, then the Earth children go home. Parents don't believe them. Then they finally believe them when the children start flying around the house using a anti-gravity belt that they received on Eternia. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in this Christmas special, He-Man and She-Ra and Swiftwind apparently can breathe in space. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because She-Ra can't in the episode and I will reference Horde Prime takes a holiday. She has to, she says like sword to helmet or some, something like that so that she can breathe in space. So I don't know. Was this just a flub or something? I guess. Um, unless we're saying just... the space outside Etheria is different than the space outside Eternia. I don't know. I think it's just a, a bit of a continuity problem hmm. <laughs> that might explain it away yeah that was I know rainbow bright and starlight can breathe in space but they're special <laughs> so that's basically the christmas special in a nutshell it's only about an hour long 
So it's like, you know, two episodes of the, of the series put together. Think of it as a two-parter. But uh, it's great fun for the holidays. Uh, it's certainly better than such things as the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Even Star Wars fans can't stomach that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know there was such a thing. Believe me, you don't want to know. Hey, uh, <laughs> but, and you know who sings a lot of the music from the Star Wars Christmas special, anyone? No, I, I don't know. John Bon Jovi, before he became famous, wow. sang the music <laughs> for the Star Wars Christmas special. I bet he doesn't rock out to those in concert. <laughs> no. Aw, <laughs> oh, poor Bon Jovi. It's, it's like he's still living on a prayer after people bring up those. Uh... Some people, after watching the Star Wars Christmas special, might want John Bon Jovi. Spontaneously combust? No, they might want him dead or alive. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but speaking of music, ooh, we get a really catchy Christmas song sung by Bo, Perfuma, and the Earth Children as Cal and Orko dance. <laughs> so um I don't know, guys, you up for some karaoke? Hmm. If my microphone holds up, sure. Well then. <laughs> Let's cue up that Christmas special music. See if we can do this puppy justice. Better uh, turn up the reverb, too. Love and caring, peaceful bliss, joys of sharing, happiness. Christmas spirits in the air, eternia and everywhere. Don't you feel it? Feel that you're a part. Christmas season is a time of your heart. Well, that was an experience, wasn't it? I hope the viewers enjoyed that. Do you think they enjoyed it, everyone? They better have. I I hope we didn't frighten anyone or cause any ears to bleed. Next comic convention, we'll have a sing-along. We can sing this. No, we the, won't. We can sing this. We can sing the Horn of Evil song. We can sing... Um, yes, the Horn of Evil song. The I Have the Power, you know, theme song for Secret the of the The song Sword. from the, the Master's storybook. Storybook, yeah. Maybe we can get some of those god-awful songs that Bo, Bo played in the ironically <laughs> titled episode, Play It Again, Bo. <laughs> we don't want him to ever play again, but that might be fun. <laughs> So, so to sum, about, sum it up, Christmas Special is out on DVD. Another wonderful, wonderful release from BCI Eclipse. It has great art in it. It has two fun-packed documentaries plus a bonus featurette. You got art cards with She-Ra looking all I'm She-Ra, Princess of Power on there. You got, got some Hordak looking I'm evil than, more evil than Skeletor. <clears throat> Josh, shut up. And, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, pick it up. It's, it's uh, at Best Buy in the States you'll be able to find it there or online. Sorry, no Walmart or Target. Which is sad, but what can you do? What can you do? So thanks for listening. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Josh DeLioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. And I'm Katie Cartier, also known as Rainbow Bright. Good, Good journey. journey.